630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Hockey scores. Third period, Red Wings leading Boston 2-1. Capitals and Panthers tied 4-4. Second period, Tampa Bay up 3-2 on the Blues. Predators leading the Blue Jackets 3-0. Wild up 3-1 on the Coyotes. And start of the second period, it is Dallas 1, Carolina nothing. We have a final from New Jersey where the Devils have signed Jack Hughes to an extension. Eight years, $64 million. The Sharks win tonight. 5-2 over the Devils. Uh, Noah Gregor, the local kid, getting the uh, one of the goals tonight for the Sharks, his first of the season. Timo Meyer got his 11th of the year. Oilers and Penguins tomorrow here on 6.30. Chad, face-off show at 6. The game will start at 8. And I'm pleased to welcome from the Penguins Radio Network and a former Kingston Canadian, Phil Bork, checking in tonight. <laughs> Phil, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Yes, not a front neck. I was a Kingston Canadian. And uh, I'll tell you a quick story. So I'm a Boston kid. And uh, Jean Rattel, who was playing for the Boston Bruins, um, to a mutual friend, next thing I know, he's sitting in my living room and he's advising me and my parents on uh, what I should probably do with my career. He had a good friend by the name of Jim Morrison, who was the head coach of the Kingston Canadians at the time, got me a tryout. And at the time, you could stay, and I think this rule is still in effect, uh, that you could stay at, for a tryout for 48 hours. You stay longer than 48 hours, then you're considered a professional um, and because you're receiving compensation and you no longer have college uh, eligibility. Well, after 48 hours, Jim Morrison called me into his office uh, after a couple of days of training camp, said, hey, Phil, I, I love the way you played. I love you to play for my hockey team. What do you want to do? Uh, and I kind of knew who the guys I was skating against it was Mike Moffat and Mike Stuthers and um, uh, Rick Wilson, guys that were high draft picks in the National Hockey League. I said, hey, coach, I remember, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a cocky 18-year-old kid at the time. I said, hey, coach, will you write down the name of the players that I just played against or just skated against that have been drafted by NHL teams? He wrote them down. I, I took the piece of paper. I turned it around. And I looked him right in the eye and pushed the paper back at him. I said, Coach, I'm as good, if not better, than all those players. I want to stay here and play for you. He goes, that's good enough for me. Call your, your mom and dad. Tell them you're not coming home. He reached in his pocket. He gave me $300 in cash. said, go buy whatever toiletries or uh, clothes you need. Tell your mom and dad to send the rest of the stuff up. And I'll be honest with you, that was at 18 years old. And I kind of have not been home since. That is amazing. You never told me that story before. So, I mean, you had a lot of confidence, obviously. Uh, but at, so you were 18. Like, did you did you truly believe you were bound for the NHL, or or was it still just a bit of a hope? Like, where when did you start believe start to believe that you were actually no, going to have an it NHL was, career? It was, it was young and dumb and cavalier and and just uh, a little bit of cockiness, a little bit of arrogance, a little bit of. Of, of confidence that I was hell-bent. I was, I was going to get to the NHL. And if you remember back in 1980 when I graduated from high school, there were, there, I think, maybe 10% or maybe 15% of the league were U.S. kids. But the, but the U.S. team had just won the Olympics, and it kind of gave me a, a bit of a boost of, like, 
wow, if they can do something special, I can do something special. And it, it, it kind of like it catapulted me uh, just to feel like, listen, I wasn't great in school. That's, that's the fact. Uh, and, and so I knew, like, to get a college scholarship, and that's all my dad really wanted. He wanted me to get a scholarship so he wouldn't have to pay for it. Uh, but but I, was, I just wanted to play professional hockey. I was a Boston Bruins fan. I grew up about 40 minutes outside of Boston. I wanted to play in the NHL. That was my dream since I can remember. And um, John Rattel said the quickest way to the NHL, is the, is the uh, major junior route. And so if you want to go that route, I'll give you an opportunity. Where were you when you watched the Americans win in 1980, whether it was specifically the win over the Soviets or the next game against the, against the Finns in which they actually clinched the gold medal? The Finns, and you're right, a lot of people forget that the when they beat the Russians, that was not the gold medal game. That was only a chance to get to the gold medal game, and then they had to beat the Finns in comeback fashion. Uh, and, and I don't even know where I was for the game against the Finns, but I know where I was in the game against the Russians because I just played a high school hockey game, and I was uh, traveling down Route 40, uh, 495. If anybody's been around Boston, they know that route. And... Um, and there was kind of a, a pack of us all driving in the same, and we had it on the radio at the time. And it was kind of going in and out, in and out. And somebody at the beginning of the pack of cars had pulled over in the breakdown lane because we knew it was a good area for the signal. All of a sudden, we all pulled over. So it was probably about 10 cars in the breakdown lane with our flashes on. And I remember I was sitting in the front seat with my dad driving after this high school hockey game. And we just sat there because we knew we had a good signal and we listened to the game. And when the Russians uh, or the U.S. had beat the Russians, everybody was honking their horn, flashing their lights, all sitting in the breakdown lane, 10 cars in a row. That's incredible. So for like when you were a little guy, were you all hockey or did you play everything? Was there maybe another sport that you had no. sell that before hockey? No, my dad went to Boston College. He played both uh, football and baseball there. And I've never seen my dad. Uh, my dad passed probably five or six years ago, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, I never saw my dad on a pair of skates because he couldn't skate. Uh, but he was an athlete, uh, a frustrated athlete. And um, he, he you know, insisted I play a little bit of baseball because that was his true passion uh, you know, in, uh, when hockey wasn't going on. But that's all I, I can remember since I was three. I started skating when I was three, playing hockey when I was five. And uh, for as long as I can remember, I used to sleep, like, when I was five, six years old, seven years old, if I had a game at five or six in the morning, I would put all my gear on, everything but my skates. And I would put my skates on, too, if my mom would allow me to, but she thought I'd mark up uh, the headboard or the footboard, whatever, uh, with my skates on. But I would put all my gear on and sleep in my gear. That's how fired up I was to play the next morning. That's amazing. Wow. Well, well, man. So, well, you, you, you followed through on your passion and you've made a career and a life out of it, which is pretty cool. Phil Bork joining us tonight on uh, Inside Sports. Before I dive into some of the Penguins talk, I'm going to ask you something else. I don't know if I'll get a good story here or not. Uh, Brendan Lemieux was suspended five games for biting Brady Kachuk. What's the dirtiest thing a player ever did to you or tried to do to you? Uh, do you know the name Archie Henderson at all? Well, yeah, he works for the Oilers now. <laughs> He's the pro scout, right? right? Exactly. Or, the, or yeah, the pro, pro scout. scout for yeah. the Oilers. Uh, and I, I bump into Archie once in a while, and him and I had a stick swinging event. I think he was either with Hershey or Binghamton, the American Hockey League. I was playing in Baltimore, and this was a stick swinging where 
If you were in the stands, you were appalled. You were disgusted by what you saw. But that's kind of the way things went um, in these rivalries back in the American Hockey League. And it was a lot of nasty, nasty uh, people who played in that league and, and thugs and goons. And you, you feared for your life. I'm not trying to get overly dramatic about this. Uh, but that's just, that's just the way it was. Uh, and you became a man when you played in those leagues. So I had a stick-swinging event with that. But also, if you remember in 1992 when Adam Graves broke Mario Lemieux's hand with a slash, um, the, the next uh, next game we played, uh, I spit in the face of um, for another former Oiler, right? Adam Graves. I spit in his face. Uh, it's something I regret. I'm not proud of. But that was the dirtiest thing I ever did to anybody else. I never drilled anybody from behind by the numbers. Um, I might have thrown a hip check into somebody's knee or something like that. But um, I was just so mad at Adam Graves for breaking Mario Lemieux's hand. I felt like I had to do something to stick up for him, and I spat right in his face. Gravy didn't do anything uh, back to me. He almost like he, he knew something was coming, uh, but I'm not real proud of that. Did you get suspended? No. The, that's when we only had one ref. So I made, right. made sure that the ref was up to play. This was behind the play. So I made sure it happened behind the play and nobody ever saw it. Fair enough. Okay. Phil Bork joining us later on Inside Sports. All right. So the Penguins are here. This is always a fun matchup when it's uh, McDavid against Crosby. But I- I'm actually not going to start with those two guys. I'm going to come at you from a different angle, Phil. But there is an Edmonton connection because he was an oil king and a Memorial Cup champion. My goodness, Tristan Jari. <laughs> what What is going on with this goaltender? Well, he's playing the way I expected him to play. And, and I'll tell you what, man, I've been on this soapbox all summer long because there's a bunch of jackasses in Pittsburgh that want to bash Tristan Jari. Listen, he had a horrible turnover in game number five in the playoffs last year against the New York Islands. It was terrible. J- uh, Josh Bailey ended up scoring uh, in overtime off of that turnover. And then Tristan didn't bounce back in game number six on the island. And the Penguins were done. And everybody wants to, uh, I don't know if there's the right way to phrase it, but nail him to the cross, you know? They, they want to burn him at the stake. They want to send him down the turnpike. And I would say, listen, you guys are missing the boat. This is a really good young goaltender who, by the way, at 26 years of age, and he makes $3.5 million, I said, you want to you ship him out? Because he had his first go-round as the number one goaltender in the playoffs. You want to ship him out and get who? Who do you want to get at $3.5 million that's as good, if not better, than this guy? And I'm going to answer the question for you. Nobody. That's why, because there's nobody better than this guy. This is one of the best young goaltenders in the, in the National Hockey League, and you've got to give him another chance. And a lot of people didn't want to give him another chance. So I'm going to continue to be on this soapbox and tell you right now, this is one of the best young goaltenders in the league. And he's proving it, and I, and I think maybe he heard some of the whispers coming out of Pittsburgh last year, and I think he wants to prove a lot of people wrong. And really, he's not going to shut them up until he wins a couple of rounds in the playoffs. I get that. That's where a lot of people are. Uh, they still don't trust him. But in the meantime, he's playing some kind of goal for the Penguins. Yeah, uh, a pretty amazing story as the Penguins are, are now sitting at 10-7-5, and five, fourth in the Metro Division, which is a pretty competitive division, obviously. Uh, give me a little bit, uh, other than the goaltending, g- give me a, you know, a couple positives and a couple challenges the Pens have had so far as we're now a quarter of the way in. Well, Brian Rust is out. He didn't make the trip. Uh, he's, a, he's a key player for the Penguins. He's been playing the right wing with Sidney Crosby, plays the number one power play as a right-hand shot, uh, which is always important. Uh, but Evan Rodriguez has been a great story. And Erod, that we call him, uh, his nickname with the team, uh, you know, he started with the Buffalo Sabres, undrafted player, went to Boston University and played with Jack Eichel at BU. Jack Eichel in 14-15, Jack Eichel was number one in the nation in scoring. 
Evan Rodriguez, who played with Jack on the same line, was number two in the war in the um, in the league in scoring in the NCAA. And uh, he went to Boston University, same school that Mike Sullivan, Penguin Ten coach, went to. And so Sully has a has a kind of a soft spot for him. And he has been such a a revelation. He's been a, a just a pleasant surprise, putting up great numbers for the Penguins, uh, as well as Jake Gensel. Jake Gensel, who's points in ten straight, has been a house on fire. So. Uh, you know, we've had a bit of a roller coaster up and down season where we've had a winning streak, we've had losing streaks. Um, you know, our special teams have been almost bipolar. Our penalty killing is off the charts, basically been number one all year. And our power play has been junk, which doesn't make any sense at all when you've got all these um, incredible uh, high-priced and uh, super-talented players. But that's just the way it is right now with the Penguins. But really, Jake Gensel and Evan Rodriguez have been – uh, two players that have really helped keep this team afloat and keep them in the wild card spot as they're in right now. Well, this is a this is a really interesting special teams matchup because I, I just double checked the percentage. The Penguins' power play is ninety point nine percent, so we'll give them ninety one, and I'll the round up kill. the Oilers. The, uh, the sorry, the Oilers penalty, uh, the the Penguins penalty killed ninety one percent, and the Oilers' power play. I'll round it up to 38%. And, and obviously you've there seen you what those guys can do. So that, that's a really fun matchup tomorrow. Yeah, that's going to be that's gonna be a lot. I can't wait. I, I mean, I don't want to see too many of those power plays as a Penguins broadcaster. You know, but you're, you're right. Well, once they go over the boards, you're going to be like, okay, the rubber's going to hit the road here. Something's got to give. Yeah. Hey, uh, Phil, I always love having you on the show. I always appreciate the stories and, and your look at uh, what's going on with the Penguins. I'm really looking for. Are, are you here, or are we going to see you tomorrow, or what's going on? Yeah, yeah, I'm at the JW Marriott. I'm about to sit oh, down and have stuff. dinner. I stepped away from the table just for you. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm sorry about that. Okay, well, thanks for doing this. Have a great meal. All right, enjoy it. Enjoy it like always. Good hockey time. That is Phil Bork, color analyst on the Penguins radio network. Uh, man, oh, man, we got great stories there. Going back to uh, his childhood, or I guess his teen years, joining the Kingston Canadians and listening to the 1980 Olympic American victory over Russia on the radio. And uh, he, he told the story. He spit on Adam Graves. He spit in Adam Graves' face because he was mad at Graves for uh, slashing Mario Lemieux in a game earlier that season. That is Phil Bork checking in. Okay, we're going to catch up with Jake Neighbors from the Oil Kings as they're getting ready for the Teddy Bear Toss game. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Nurse still out of action for the Edmonton Oilers, hopefully back soon. Uh, I guess we're coming up on the two-week mark since he suffered the broken thumb. Oilers and Penguins tomorrow at Rogers Place. Now, the Oilers are then going to be in Seattle to play the tentacle team on Friday. So that means a couple of home games for the Edmonton Oil Kings. They are going to be hosting Medicine Hat at 7 on Friday. And then the Teddy Bear Toss game in support of 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous that is going to go Saturday. That's December 4th against Moose Jaw. You can go to oilkings.ca to get tickets and uh, bring those teddy bears, throw them on the ice, <laughs> uh, have a lot of fun, and uh, enjoy the jerseys, which were unveiled today. They are white, kind of a medical smock theme over top of the furry teddy bear. And I uh, talked to Oil Kings captain Jake Neighbors about the teddy bear toss jerseys and game. 
Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, get to come in and obviously see the jerseys, get them revealed for ourselves, and then uh, release them to the city of Edmonton and everyone who's watching. So uh, it's a pretty cool day for the organization. Now, obviously, you, a couple of years ago when you guys last had the teddy bear toss game, you kind of wowed everybody with the actual fur look on the jersey so are, are you glad that's back how do you feel about it yeah it's pretty cool i think we got a lot of attention um you know across twitter across the internet things like that when we released those a couple years ago and um you know i think the guys liked it it was kind of fun and, and something we put our little own, own spin on i guess and so we wanted to keep it around and um, obviously change it up with the colors scheme around the fur but um you know it's a little nod to the healthcare workers and everything they've done for us over this pandemic and then at the same time we're keeping that a little bit of fun and and you know excitement in the jersey all right uh now tell me what it's like to be on the ice when a teddy bear goal is scored or even on the bench for that matter yeah i was uh on the bench for one and then on the ice for the other um the most recent one so it's pretty cool uh it's almost like scoring an overtime winner kind of in the middle of the game and and then just add a bunch of bears that come onto the ice so uh no it's pretty fun it's uh always a fun time to play in that game all right uh are there, are there any uh, chirps on the ice from opponents or like they're all going to have to wear their teddy bear jerseys at some point anyway though yeah i think everyone goes through it around the league so um you know some guys usually don't say too much about the jerseys um but uh no yeah definitely guys i think teams get fired up to come play us uh, in an atmosphere like this in rogers place lots of fans and um you know so it'll be exciting all right. You guys are obviously having a great season and uh, and still building. And how's it been you uh, been for you in the what, two or three weeks since you came back from the Blues? Yeah, it's been really good. I think, uh, you know, it's been a bit of an adjustment for myself and the team having me back. And, um, you know, I think there's going to be lots of ups and downs, obviously, throughout a season. And But so far since I've been here, I think, you know, our practices have been solid. And, um, you know, I think we have, we've had a couple games where we've been off. But, you know, that's going to happen with every team. And, um, you know, I like where we're at against Red Deer. We played really well. And then how we played against Saskatoon five on five was really good as well so just trying to take those two games and continue to trend upwards and you got named captain what did that mean to you yeah it's a huge honor um, I think the two captains I've had in my time here are some of the best guys I've met and um, you know r really truly represent what it means to be an Oil King and I'm just looking to do the same thing um, you know there's been lots of great captains in Edmonton Oil Kings history and um, you know I'm looking not to change who I am at all just keep doing what I'm doing I think I got it for a reason and um, you know I just need to continue to be who I am and, and lead this team in the right direction awesome to catch up with jake neighbors he was uh he and his uh, teammates the other alternate captains were decked out in the teddy bear toss jerseys today yes the little tails are back <laughs> on the lower back of the jersey i tweeted out some pictures earlier today uh on my twitter account at reed wilkins uh, Brad says, do you think Tristan Jari can make the Canadian team? Totally agree with Phil Bork uh, with his comments on Jari. Uh, that is a good question. Yeah, we were talking, somebody called in and asked about uh, possible Canadian goaltenders after after the Philly game, about Carter Hart. I think it's going to depend how Carey Price plays for the Canadians. Bennington's name is out there. Mackenzie Blackwood on the, on the Devils. Uh, yeah, I mean, if Jari continues to excel, I, I think they would have to consider him for sure. That's a good question. They're coming in from Brad. Okay, well, they're playing me off. They're playing me off. Tell you what, 9 a.m. tomorrow, speaking of Canadian teams, the World Junior team. So uh, expect, I, I think three. we're going to have three Oil Kings on there. I think we're going to have uh, Gunther, Neighbors, and Kosa. Also keep an eye on uh, the local kid, Caden Gooley, who... Uh, could be something up with him, not just world junior-wise, but maybe something else as well. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports. 
and Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer this evening. Face-off show at 6 tomorrow. I'll talk to you then. Take care. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.